0: Today, we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 4, Episode 5, titled Enemy at the Gates. Yet another
1: great
0: episode. I mean, look, I'm not an idiot. This is very clearly set up for a much bigger and better episode that will talk about Presumably tomorrow. But as far as setup for bigger and better episodes goes, this is really fantastic setup for a bigger, better episode. Like, this episode, narratively speaking, it acts as a really satisfying prologue to what's about to happen. Not going to go into that at all. While at the same time providing just enough like brilliant character moments and incredible character arcs so that it feel it still feels like there's a significant amount of stuff happening. Like it do, it doesn't just feel like this episode is homework. Plot-wise there's not a lot going on. But character-wise, this is a huge deal. This is a huge episode. And I love everything about it. Uh, So let's start off with probably the most poignant arc in this episode. Uh, Asami sort of reconnecting with her father after three years. So Asami has that brilliant... with Hiroshi right at the start where she sits down with him and is like hey here's all your letters back I don't want them I don't want to see you again stop trying to contact me and Hiroshi is like yeah okay that's fine I just want to say one more thing and just goes on this whole thing about how Asami is the greatest thing he's ever created. And how proud he is of her. And as this is happening, like, Asami's starting to tear up. Starting to cry. Like, it's... Oh my god! Like, it is so... Heartbreaking! Heartbreaking! To witness this. It really, really is. And then. Asami has that moment in the park. And then returns to Hiroshi saying like, look. I wanted to hurt you. I came in here just wanting to. Rip you to shreds. And wanting to be angry. But instead of being angry, I was just sad. And so Asami. Allows herself to start to. Put herself on the path of maybe one day forgiving Hiroshi for the things he has done, uh, for the pain he put her through, and you have this very sweet moment where Asami and Hiroshi just sit down and play a game of pie show, like a normal father and daughter. And, like, it's so brilliant. Like, it's such a huge character moment for Asami. And, like, they put you on such a roller coaster ride of emotions uh, with so little. They do so much with very, very minimal storytelling. Like, this is probably the most compelling element of the episode. If you combine it all, it's probably like three minutes, five at most. Of the episode, and that's probably me overestimating. Like, it's a very small portion of it, and yet it is the biggest thing that happens here. Now, probably the most meaty section of this episode uh, is the stuff that's happening with Bolin and Varric. Uh, Bolin and Varric kind of have this shared arc of sorta starting to have doubts. About Kuvira and kind of realizing that Kuvira might be a little... Not all there. Might be a little... Not so. Might be a little... All over the place insane. So they both have their respective moments where they realize this. Uh, Varix is... Something. (laughs) So he's experimenting with this spirit vine. Technology Harnessing the power of spirit vines, as we saw at the end of episode three of season four, if I remember correctly. Uh, we saw it a couple episodes ago. And he's doing this test. And by the way, I, I love how he's named units of measurement after, <laughs> after himself and Julie. Like, apparently, like weight is in julie's (laughs) power is in (laughs) varic's and then like when (laughs) when he like starts to have this spirit vine stuff overload and go insane and unleash this like big amount of power varic's like crawling on the floor he's screaming there's too many (laughs) Varricks!" There's too many Variks! (laughs) It's so stupid. And they have this whole thing where Varik has to save Julie from falling off the train. And then Kuvira's coming in and is like, hey, what's going on? And Varric's like, yeah, hard pass on this spirit vine stuff. This is way too powerful. This is way too dangerous. What if this ended up in the wrong hands? And you sort of see this moment where Varric's like, I mean, yeah, in the past, I would have made this anyway and made a buck off of it, but now I kind of... I have this... I have this, like, concern for other people and I don't understand it. Like... There's a voice in my head telling me not to do things. I think that's your conscience, sir. And then Kuvira, upon learning that she's not getting her spirit vine technology, threatens Varric's life by like choking him and dangling him over the tracks. So yeah. Meanwhile, Bowen is trying to pitch the joining to the Earth Empire to Suyin. By the way, I should mention, uh, they're outside of Zhao Fu at this point. They're trying to use Bolin to convince the Beifongs to join Kuvira's Earth Empire, and they're like, no, 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 no. And then, they fail. They fail miserably. That's basically the point of this scene. Uh, Bolin does not sell it very well, and then they leave, and then Bolin's like, hey, are we actually doing the good stuff that we've said we're doing, or what's going on here? And then Kuvira basically threatens Bolin... For asking too many questions. So, both Bolin and Varric, they kind of converge and at the same time tell each other, Kuvira's crazy! (laughs) So, now they mount this escape. This epic escape. Where they just sort of sneak off in mechs. And then we get this epic mech fight that is so... Brilliantly crafted is so frickin' awesome. Uh Julie apparently becoming absolutely badass in a mech, like fighting off these three Kuvira mechs so perfectly. Uh Varric, running around like a moron trying to figure out the controls. Who made these things? You did, sir. <laughs> just not understanding his own designs. Bolin just says "screw it" and gets out of his mech and starts earth bending and lava bending at people. Oh, it's so good. It's such a great sequence. But of course, all of this is for naught. They are eventually captured. Bolin and Varric and Julie are brought before Kuvira and Julie basically begs for her freedom. As Varric's standing right there, and she's like, I had blind faith in Varric. I shouldn't have left you. Varric's an idiot, and I believe in what you're doing. And I love this moment where Varric's like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm right here. And then Kuvira approves of Julie's... Of Julie switching sides. And Julie says... Guards, do the thing! Not the thing! Not the thing! <laughs> uh, so, Julie's joining... Uh, Julie's Juning? Julie's joining Kuvira fully. Varric's being imprisoned to work on the Spirit Vine technology forcibly. And Bolin is. I guess the plan is to go to a re education camp. So that's happening. Meanwhile, Korra shows up. Uh, Korra comes to Fu to do her Avatar thing. And I love how Korra is taking on this fundamental shift in her methodology. And is like, yeah, the old me would have just fought immediately without even thinking for a second. I, I have to be more diplomatic than that. I have to talk to both sides and... Try to reason with Kuvira. Uh, And in this plot line, we get the origins of Suyin and Kuvira's animosity towards one another. Uh, Apparently when Tenzin and Raiko asked Suyin Beifong to basically be Kuvira and bring order to the Earth Kingdom, Suyin said no. Kuvira was like, hey, we actually should do that. And Suyin's like, yeah, no, screw you. And then Kuvira just runs off with her son and her security force and some of her wealthiest citizens and Varric and is like, yeah, I'm gonna do what you won't. I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna bring order to the Earth Kingdom and conquer all these towns. Goodbye. And she just She just f's off. And that's why Suyin and Kuvira hate each other so much. So Korra just has these discussions with Suyin and Kuvira. Both of them are like, yeah, talk to that other one. That other one can't be trusted. Kuvira sort of has this moment where she sort of momentarily coaxes Korra to her side. Like, yeah, maybe this is better. This is definitely better. So Koro's like, okay, I'll talk to Suyin. And then we get our ending where Suyin and her children just decided to sneak into Kavira's forces and take her out and end it like that. So yeah, that's happening. And then it ends. So yeah, again, definitely like set up for a bigger, better episode in the near future, but it's still really, really great. It's still a really significant episode, just on its own merits, and it does a lot... It has a lot of very significant character development here. Like, this is a very character-focused episode, uh, while also being a prologue to... Something that we're going to discuss tomorrow. I'm not going to talk about what it is. I'm just going to F off before I accidentally spoil something. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button. On the Anchor app, I will play those on the show from time to time, if you feel so inclined, to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, tomtom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there, or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 4, Episode 6. Talk to you then.